Welcome to Let It Grow Investing. I'm Jeff. Thanks for stopping by. Let's talk stocks, crypto, market news, investing ideas, and strategies. I'm not a financial advisor, and this is only for entertainment purposes. Please make sure to like, follow, and share so that we can all let it grow together. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Let It Grow Investing. Um, If you weren't on the last episode, I got a new mic, so hopefully I sound a little bit clearer, a little little bit better. And uh, please let me know if I don't so we can make some changes and, and keep it going. Um, but, uh, you know, thank you again for sharing and, uh, subscribing, uh, definitely does help the podcast grow and help us build that community of investors that are after the same financial goals. So we can all share our, our knowledge together on the group. Um, you know, today I wanted to talk about, uh, the types of investing that you can do and the type of plan that you know, you want to strive to have in your uh, portfolio. I definitely kind of started off without a plan. And uh, I think I definitely learned a lot along the way. And some some of it were the hard lessons that hopefully we can avoid having, Um, you know, no one likes losing money, especially when they know that it's a preventable preventable mistake in the future. Um, You know, so that, that knowledge hopefully can help you start a plan and stick with it rather than chasing either stocks that have already run up way too high or dividend stocks that pay way too much and they're not sustainable. You know, both are uh, problems that can certainly be avoided and, you know, certainly uh, be mitigated, mitigate that risk. So you're not in something that doesn't fully align with what you're looking to do. Um, you know, it, it depends a bit on age, a bit on how much money you have invested, how much money you care to lose or gain, um, all things that can, uh, you know, adjust the way that you look at your portfolio and how you want to build your wealth. Uh, you know, so one of the things that, uh, I did starting off was, was looking at things that either were already running uh, you know, it was already up 60% in a year. And, you know, you kind of think, man, I want to be in on this one. And you already missed it, you know, and it comes back down another 30%. And then you're like, man, what do I do now? And you don't really have that idea or that plan in place to know, hey, look, I should have waited for a pullback. And then I should have bought in or I should have bought in little by little every month or every quarter. Um, you know, a lot of people do a plan like that where you put in, you know, 25% every quarter after earnings. I normally don't like to trade into earnings because you really don't know what is going to come out of the company. So each time you go on your account, or if you look up the ticker individually, it will tell you, hey, this is when earnings is going to be announced, Uh, especially for the, the big companies It generally has it, you know, three or two, three months in advance. Some of the smaller companies, will announce their earnings um, a little bit closer to with the earnings day, but you always are going to have some kind of notification on your uh, your trading app or trading brokerage. You know, like For example, like I said, I use E-Trade. The, the link is in the description if you wanted to start an account there. But you can go on there. You can click any ticker. Um, 
you know, so like, oh, I'll click Disney just for example, and it'll, it'll tell me, um, 11, 11, 2021 is the next earnings date. So, you know, it's, you know, a few months out at this point, but they already know, uh, you can do all your research on there. There's analysts research from, uh, this one has seven different, uh, analyst, uh, reports to look at. So it's definitely a good way to look at, you know, what the analysts are thinking, what they're doing, you know, like for example, if I click Morgan Stanley, it'll say, you know, it'll, it'll give a reiterate an overweight rating, which means they're buying it or, you know, they, they want to see an upside. They see the price going up to $210 as of August 12th. Um, it was 179. So that's the current report. It's not the current date. Uh, you know, it's about two weeks ago from when this report was written, but it gives you that insight, uh, tells you, you know, some of the pluses and the minuses that they see in Disney. It's a good spot to, you know, to see what's going on. Uh, you know, even in this report, it, it shows uh, different releases of movies where they went to, like it says, Luca went directly to Disney plus, And then they say, you know, Hey, there's a $30 premiere access on Disney plus for black widow and jungle cruise. And both were, were selling well on there. So it definitely gives you some insight. You can certainly get that knowledge beforehand, but spreading that money out and those buys out over time certainly takes some of the highs and lows out. And like I said, that's something I did not really know to do. When I started, um, like I was getting into Under Armour because, you know, in the Baltimore area, Under Armour was, you know, it's like all you see and it, it seems they'd be a little bit of everywhere and there's the Maryland flag on pretty much everything they make. So, you know, I was like, man, this is, it's a great company. I, I know the brand, uh, you know, everyone seems to love it, but you know, you sometimes get blindsided by the fact that, you know, it's too close to you. So don't always invest in things that are just so close to you, whether it's someone you work for or someone that, you know, the company is, is right in your backyard. It could be a great thing, but it doesn't have to be. So kind of get, do a little bit more research, look at these reports, look at where they're going, look at projections, look at their balance sheet. You know, you don't want to see a lot of debt. You know, you want to have some extra capital on the, on the balance sheet that they can spend to, to grow the company. You know, just take a look around, see what, see what these reports are saying. If you want to listen to the earnings call, that's a good way to do uh, a deeper dive and get a, a direct uh, report from the company themselves, but definitely make sure to, uh, to use all these um, resources that you have in order to see if a company is a, a good bet. And, you know, that being said, I like to say that you want to have three reasons to purchase any company that you're looking at whether it's a, a solid balance sheet, you know, or a real safe dividend with a, a low payout ratio. And if you're looking at a, a dividend stock, you want to see a payout ratio that's under 60% or so of, of the profit that they made that quarter. You don't want them to be paying the dividend and all the money's going to the dividend unless it's like a real estate investment trust where they have to pay more and that's how they get that qualification of a real estate stock. Um, but yeah, you want to see these lower payout ratios. They tend to be a little bit safer. It means they're making more money and they can cover that dividend payment. So they continue paying it 
and that that they have room to grow the dividend if you know if they have extra money. So that's definitely a, a solid way to look at dividend companies. You know, but other things like great management, a good management team. Uh, you want to look for a growing sector. So you know, if there's uh, you know like healthcare, you know, aging population, that's uh, that's going to be a growing segment. I see for the next however many years, I think healthcare is a good good play and there's always new innovations there, but it's also a slower growth um, generally, well, unless you're in biopharma, but like Johnson & Johnson or United Health, those are your old established tried and true type companies. So, you know, they have a spot and I think in pretty much any portfolio, but you can also tailor that to your needs and your age and and what you want to do ultimately with your account um so you know you're looking at uh these different companies and you know you want to see that they're in that growing sector they have a real solid outlook and in their forecast that they're telling you good things and you know not that they're you know that all their patents are going to expire and they're not going to be able to produce their number one drug. You want to look at all these things to know, hey, this patent lasts another five years, plus they have another 12 drugs they're working on that are supposed to be blockbusters that are going to do great. But, uh, so, you know, so that's definitely something to look at. You want to make sure that they have um, more drugs coming out for like these healthcare companies. You want to make sure that they're, they're stable and that they're still continuing to innovate or that they're in a financial position where they could buy someone who is innovating, you know, th through mergers and acquisitions, they can also increase that pipeline uh, of drugs or products that are going to be coming out. And, uh, you know, that that's definitely something to look at to make sure you're getting into a company that has a solid track record and a solid forecast because history doesn't always uh, repeat itself. Normally it does. But some of these companies, you know, like say Sears or Kodak or, you know, pick, pick another one that's failed over the years. It, you know, they, they used to be great, but they stopped innovating or the, the other companies ate them up and they, they didn't know where to go. So you want to make sure you have a, a strong outlook with a good management team that's going to keep innovating and doing great things. All right. So that was a bit about investing and finding the right company for you. Um, you know, you, like I said, and your age is going to pay, play a big factor into how much you want to be in stocks versus bonds or crypto real estate, or even CDs, money markets, treasuries, as you, as you get older. Um, so one rule to look at, um, and it's, it's been modified a bit over the years is the, uh, the rule of 100. And that basically says take 100 minus your age. And that'll leave you with the percent that you want in stocks. So if you're 40, you know, you take hundred minus 40, you want 60% in stocks, leaving 40% to go into bonds or other cash like assets that are going to be a little bit more stable. Um, I tend to think of it more as the rule of 120. So, you know, you take 120 to start minus your age, say you're 40, that puts 80% in stocks. Uh, leaves the rest for for cash like assets or you know crypto which is a very speculative so i mean you could you could say that 80 you know 60 percent 
or 80%, however you do the math, could be stocks and crypto, leaving, you know, 20 or 40% into um, cash like assets. And now it's going to depend a little bit on your risk. How risky do you want to be? And how, how much do you want in stocks? Me personally, I've got about 85% and uh of my portfolio is made up of stocks and uh about 13 percent is in crypto and i do have cash on the on the sidelines as well um but that's more or less to to day-to-day -day, uh emergency fund and uh you know just cash on the side to to run my company and, and things like that so when you're when you're looking at it you know you want to have that emergency fund you want to build up you know, six to 12 months of emergency money. If, you know, say you, you lost your job or you got injured, you want to have that money to, to stay afloat should something go wrong for the next, uh, I say six months, but I mean, you can certainly kind of tailor that to your needs. And it also depends on the, the type of work that you do if you're self-employed or if, uh, you know, you, you have a, a higher risk job, you know, you can certainly kind of tailor that to, to have more of a safety net should something go wrong. But, you know, the, the rule of one, 100, 110 or 120, some advisors even say 130, you know, will we'll get you in a spot where you've got that right mix of investments, cash, uh, real estate kind of mixture. So you're, you're not all tied into one thing. Uh, so that being said, you know, now when you're, you know, 30, you know, when I, when I started, I was in my late twenties and I was looking for blue chip names to park some money. And then I found dividend investing. Now dividend investing, you're, you're basically looking for companies or dividend growth investing. I'll say is, uh, is looking for these companies that are going to continually grow their, their dividend every year. So you're getting more money. Um, so a good spot to look is the, uh, the dividend aristocrat list. And these, uh, stocks have paid, uh, a rising dividend for more than 25 years. And a lot of them have a lower yield than, um, you might be originally interested in. So, you know, say I'm, I'm looking at it now you're, I'm looking at Abbott labs. They're in healthcare. So they have a dividend yield. Uh, well, this is a bit old now. It's as of May 7th, so I'll, I'll try to get a current yield on them. Um, but this one said it was 1.5%. And, uh, you know, that is a bit low. You know, S&P average is normally around 2%. But with Abbott, if you look at their, their chart, and, I mean, I, I haven't really done so much research on Abbott. I know they split... And I own AbbVie, which is also on the uh, the list. It's a four and a half percent yielder, uh, and they do a good bit better. But yeah, currently the the dividend sits at one point four three percent. So that means for every hundred dollars you put into Abbott, you're going to receive a dollar forty three a year. Um, so it's a uh, it is a lower. Well, actually, no, it says quarter quarterly dividend is forty five cents. So 90, a dollar 80. You're going to get a dollar 80 a year currently. And uh, so, you know, you're, you're getting that money 
to have your have to own the shares. But this this price of this stock has also gone up significantly over time. I'm looking at the five year chart, and back in 2016, it was trading at forty two dollars. Right now, it's trading at one hundred and twenty five seventy five. So you're tripling your investment while you're getting this uh, this dividend yield of one point four three percent. So if you bought five years ago, that means your your yield on invested capital, the money that you put in is uh, about four and a half percent. So, you know, that makes it look a lot more attractive when you think, okay, I tripled my money and I've, I'm getting this yield that started at, you know, back then it was probably similar. It's probably a similar yield of about 1.4, 1 1.5%. But the, uh, this, the share price grew and the dividend grew. So you can use different resources. Uh, you know, the street.com has, uh, dividend payouts. You can certainly take a look on there. There's a bunch of other dividend, uh, price history stocks or, uh, websites that are out there that you can certainly take a look at this, but you know, they're on, they're on the dividend aristocrat list, like I said, so you can know that they are increasing this dividend, uh, yearly, even if it's a small increase, it counts. And, uh, they've, they've increased their dividend for 49 straight years. So this is a company that they tripled their price in five years, which is, is rare, but they also are paying you an increasing dividend to hold the stock. So it's kind of, it's a win-win, you know, but some people look at it like, oh, 1.5%, like I could do better than that, you know, buying Square or, you know, buying Netflix and you could have, but the, the great thing about Abbott is one, it's, it's healthcare, which is very stable. 49 years of dividend growth and you're getting a, a dividend that that's increasing yearly. So I would like to have a mixture of these companies in a solid portfolio. You know, some of the, the up and coming growth stocks, you know, when we're looking at growth stocks, we're thinking of, uh, of different names, you know, think Google, Tesla, Facebook, Zoom, uh, AMD, Adobe, they all are going to be your up and coming growth stocks. Some pay a small dividend, some don't. Um, most don't on, on the side of growth stocks. But then you're going to have uh, that middle ground of value and growth in companies like Apple, Citi, um, Home Depot, Lowe's, Microsoft, that are going to pay. Uh, every one of those is going to pay a, a dividend. But they're a lower PE, a lower price to earnings. They have that growth rate. And, and that's kind of that, that area where I like that overlap, where you get both. Um, there are some of the, the value stocks, as they, they'll call them, um, that are generally a lower PE, lower price. As, as far as the PE is concerned, I'm not, I'm not concerned about the, the share price. But when you think of uh, like AT&T or Altria, um, 3M, Cisco, these are generally older established companies that uh, have higher dividends and, and they're more of a, a cash cow, if you will. You know, AT&T, well, while they recently cut their dividend and they're kind of going through a restructure right now, uh, they currently still pay a 7.7% dividend. But when you look at that five-year chart, 
you'll see that, you know, in 2016, they were, where are we? Uh, doesn't want to cooperate here. They were up near $42 and currently they're sitting at 27. So you can park your money there and you can get your seven and a half percent dividend. And, you know, that's been a very, you know, and they're, they're on the dividend aristocrat list too. They won't be for long, but they've got 36 years of dividend growth, but they're spinning off some of the company and, um, that dividend is going to get cut in half here in a year. So this is one of them things where you need to do that research. You need to say, Hey, look, it is on the dividend aristocrat list, but is it going to stay there? Is that dividend safe? Are they doing something different with the company and keep an eye on your stocks because nothing's going to last forever. And they're trying to unlock some more value and get some more growth. So they want to rotate more into a, a, a growth and value play to where they're paying that, maybe a 3% dividend and you're getting more growth. But, uh, you know, so you, you certainly got to look and say, Hey, look, this is a great place to start this dividend aristocrat list. It's not the end all be all it's, it's a, it's a good place to start. So, um, you know, make sure that the share price is, uh, increasing as well as the outlook and the dividend. It, it all is going to come into play when you're, when you're building a portfolio. But uh, when you're when you're a bit younger, you I, I think the the sweet spot is a mixture of value and growth. And if you really want to have those those growing companies when you're younger, you know, look for the 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 big tech names. Look for uh, the emerging sectors. Um, you know, some of them that are up and coming right now. You know, you got uh, companies that are in AI. You got five G. You've got you know cybersecurity. Um, EVs, EVs, electric vehicles are a huge growth area right now. Um, things like Coinbase where you're, you're trading, you know, it's a crypto brokerage. That's a publicly traded company. You can certainly look at, uh, you know, the, the weed stocks or, uh, the semiconductors, things that, you know, internet of things that everything seems to be connected to the internet. If you want more growth, look at these up and coming companies. And a good spot to, to look at these up and coming companies is uh, Arc K has a uh, an ETF exchange traded fund that's going to um, show you a bunch of different things that they own that are it's all an innovation fund so it's all things that are going to supposed to be exploding in the next three to five years so you know when you're looking at them they have Coinbase they own Square they own Zoom Video. Uh, Twilio, Spotify, Tesla, all in one fund. And, you know, you're going to pay uh, if you if you own this stock or this ETF, you do have a, a maintenance fee on your account. Uh, the expenses are 0.75%. So, you know, they're going to take their cut to manage this account. Um, so that is something to look at. Like, hey, do I want to have a complete basket of, uh, of stocks? Or do I want to, um, you know, look to pick up individual names? And if you want the individual names, that's that's totally fine. You can, but you can kind of cherry pick through some of these innovation names that uh, Arc has already picked out for you. You can look on there and see if there's a, a one that that matches a company or a sector that you want to be in individually. 
And then in picking your uh, own individual names, you want to look at uh, different things like how risky they are, or how much growth they have in order to decide if it's a good pick for you. Um, you know, if we're looking at things that are like healthcare stocks, um, you know, the, like the biopharma, uh, small cap companies have a lot more risk, and, but also a lot more growth potential. So if they're coming out with a new drug and they only have one drug that's in their pipeline that they're working on, you know, they're going to cure uh, some disease uh, like Biogen had uh, different things for uh, Alzheimer's and that one took off, you know, but if they only have one pick, it, it definitely makes a lot more risk versus something like Johnson and Johnson that uh, they're healthcare and they are less risky. So maybe you want to allocate more money to Johnson and Johnson and less money to, um, a smaller company that's going to give you that more more risk uh you know something like CRISPR therapeutics where you've got more room for that upside and their their gene editing technologies but you know you you might want more of the the traditional uh large cap uh healthcare stock to where you you don't have as much risk so if you are less risky maybe you want 80% in Johnson and Johnson and 20% of your healthcare in those smaller companies uh, versus, you know, if you uh, really like the risk, maybe you, maybe you do 50, 50 and you want to have those long shots and have that, that more of a, the growth. You can certainly tailor your, your portfolio to your needs. Uh, but buying an ETF, something like VOO gives you a mix of the, the 500 uh, top companies that are in the S and P. And these companies are going to come and go over the years, but you're always going to be in those 500 names that are in the S&P. That's, that's what it mimics. Uh, so that ETF um, is, a, is a good way to start. So you've got the VOO. Uh, over the last 10 years, uh, $10,000 has grown into $41,000. And that is abnormally high growth for this fund. Uh, it tends to return about the, the S&P tends to return about 10% per year on average. But uh, over the last uh, 10 years, it's been a, a growth return of about 15%. So it's it's a bit high right now as far as the, the growth percentage. So maybe the next couple of years are a little bit lighter to, to average out to that 10 over, over time. But when you look at the rule of 72, it, uh, it shows you that a, uh, a 10% growth asset like the S&P 500 is going to double uh, in 10 years if you keep the money invested. And that would include your dividend return as well. So you've got, you know, say you invested 10,000 um, in, in VOO, and then in seven years, theoretically, with the rule of 72, um, and compounding that interest, and your growth, um, you're going to tend to double within seven years. So, I mean, as we can see, the the 10 years double, you know, four times your money in 10 years is not average. Uh, like I said, it generally doubles every seven years. So it would be, uh, I mean, more more like low to mid 20,000 range on an average year, but your or average cycle for the... Uh, for that 10 years. 
but right now it's it's grown higher since the pandemic it has it's skyrocketed with uh a big drop uh early 2020 and then followed by a, a big raise uh 20 percent back uh over the best three months in 2020 so it fell 20 percent, but then it was right back up 20 percent. so it's a good spot to to start um, if you want more risk, you can add something like uh, VOOG, which is Vanguard's growth ETF. Uh, you know, this is something that's going to be more towards young investors uh, that are looking for more of that technology play. Um, you've got Microsoft, Apple, Adobe, PayPal, uh, Amazon, things things like that that are going to give you more of that growth where VOO is going to have a little bit more widespread companies in it. So they're going to have um, also more more like bank stocks. They're going to have J.P. Morgan in there. They have Berkshire Hathaway, Burke B, uh, Warren Buffett's investment uh, fund. So they've got a bunch of different names in here. A lot of them are still your tech names because the tech names have have grown uh, substantially over the the past you know five to ten years, really, but more so in the past. 18 months they've they've skyrocketed so those are a lot a larger position in these funds just because of the growth and the size of them uh they haven't necessarily sold off their winners so apple is 5.9 percent of voo uh, and uh microsoft is 5.6 percent of the fund amazon's 4.06 percent of the fund so that means uh for every hundred dollars you're putting in to VOO, five point nine percent of that money is uh, represented by Apple, and you you get this exposure to all these names by simply buying an index or the uh, ETF. So that's one way to diversify with getting technology and some some other retail stocks, some bank stocks, and still getting that growth in that average of a ten time or ten percent. Uh, growth rate over an average of, of time. So, but if, if you want more of the, the risk, you look for those small names, small names that are in ARK K or um, some of the, the smaller Russell 2000 index, the, the small cap stocks, and you can go on E-Trade and, and search for these on their, uh, their ETF screener. If, uh, if you're on E-Trade or if you're on any other platform, they should have some way to look up ETFs. And then uh, like E-Trade has all-star ETFs and you can search for these by uh, investment type. You can look for large growth or large value, um, international funds or um, bond funds. If you're uh, near retirement and you're looking to preserve the, the wealth that you built throughout your life or smaller, uh, smaller cap, uh, smaller companies that don't have as, as big of a position in the market. There could be some names that you don't necessarily want to do the research on individually. So you buy a fund that uh, pulls all these uh, small companies together, and then you can uh, just have one fund that represents all these small companies. So if I'm I'm looking at uh, uh, if I look at another Vanguard fund, it's VO. Um, we're just going to go through this one together. I'm looking at VO. And this is their index fund that is a mid cap ETF. And if I go here, they're paying a 1.13% dividend. And performance on this one, uh, 
over the past 10 years, that 10,000 would have turned into 36,000 for you. So a little bit less return than VOO because some of those big names like Apple, Amazon, Google have done so well over the past 10 years. But when we look at the mid cap ETF, who, uh, what companies comprise this ETF? So they got companies like Marvell uh, Technology, DocuSign, Chipotle, which has been on a absolute tear. You know, they're, they're close to $2,000 a share now um, when they were a thousand in uh, earlier this late spring, early summer. Uh, Aptive, I believe they do, they're in the EV space or self-driving space. Centene, another uh, healthcare company. Uh, Carrier, so, you know, AC, uh, HVAC systems. And they've also got some real estate trust in here as well. So you're getting a mix of these smaller companies that aren't necessarily your uh, your Amazon and Google, but they definitely have some growth and they, they give you some of that uh, more runway for growth as they're smaller and they can certainly uh, take on more more challenges and, and be more direct with their approach versus uh, an Amazon or Google that wants to be, it seems like they want to be a little bit of everything to everyone you know, like Centene or Aptiv, they're, they're more targeted in what they do. They're not as big. So they have more of a, a drive directly at one project versus Amazon that, you know, they've got web services, they've got retail, they've got advers- advertising. Um, they, they have a lot of different angles where some of these smaller companies aren't going to have as many uh, lanes. They, they stay in, in their lane and they go for what they're after. And uh, they try to do it exceedingly well. Um, so, you know, you can have that more more risk if you're younger by buying some of these smaller names, looking to uh, match a established company in your portfolio with a smaller company. So maybe you want uh, Apple and you want DocuSign or you want, uh, you know, like I said, the healthcare is you can go uh, a big healthcare like United Health. And, you know, maybe mix in Centene or, you know, you could do Raytheon and then uh, have like Thor, which is going to be your outdoor and ammunition type play. So if you mix uh, a big and a smaller, more growth focused company, you can kind of get that to that uh, that middle ground where you're you're a growth and uh, dividend investor to where you're looking at both angles. You're matching it to where you want to be if you want more growth or you want more stability. Um, and uh, like I said, another way to do that is simply by, by buying ETFs that match what you're looking to do. And if if all you did was put money in VOO, I, I'd say that's a that's a smart, safe play. It's you know traditionally been hard to beat for most investors uh, that are picking individual stocks. It's a safe play. It's a safe bet. And it's a good way to uh, to certainly just set it and forget it by buying VOO. I, I don't think that you're going to go wrong. Um, but buying the individual names, if, if you want to manage it and you want to watch them and see where they're growing, watch the earnings report, stay up to uh, up to speed on all the news. That's certainly another way that you can can make more money if you're picking the right names. But uh, like I said, the the ETF. Is going to have less risk because they're going to carry 100, 200, or you know, in the S and P 500 case, they're going to have 500 names in this fund. That if one goes south, you know, hopefully the other 499 of them are going north. So 
it definitely uh, reduces your risks, increases your diversity, and, and makes your money a little bit safer. But, uh, you know, like I said, the, the individual names certainly can give you more growth. And if you're younger, that's a, a good way to look is to uh, look for those individual names that maybe you see that you're using more or that your your age group is using. You know, in the way of like Pinterest or Twitter, Etsy, they're, they're all those growth companies or even Zillow, Redfin or like Matterport uh, that does the 3D walkthroughs for uh, Zillow or Redfin. All these companies are more geared towards growth. And uh, if, if you want more risk, there's certainly a good way to look. But I like to match uh, growth and um, and value and dividends. So. You know, I have a mixture in, in my portfolio to where I've got, uh, I, I was going for more in the dividend lane. I was trying to uh, build out a dividend portfolio. And then you realize that um, some of the higher dividend companies aren't as safe or that you get that value that is declining over time. Even though you're getting the dividend, the the uh, the stock price itself is declining. So your, your capital might be decreasing but your dividend looks stronger on paper, but it really is, is just a sign of having a weaker dividend that they might not be able to cover because they're not making enough money in their core business to continue to pay that, um, that dividend out to you. So again, the dividend aristocrats, the challengers, the contenders lists are all companies that are really focused on their dividends, but make sure to Check those to stay, see that the, the company is still aligned with paying their dividend. A lot of companies have cut them in the past uh, year and a half from the pandemic. Uh, Disney, Wynn, uh, Boeing was cut. Um, so these are all companies that paid a dividend. They, some of them plan to reinstate. I'm, I'm sure uh, Disney has made, made, notion, or made mention that they will reinstate this dividend when everything smooths out. But... Uh, you know, like when I'm sure they'll get back to a dividend as well, but it might not be immediately. And, you know, you want to make sure that when you're, when you're buying it, if you're buying it for a dividend or that's part of your, your strategy is I want a dividend out of this company that it's going to stay around. So check those payout ratios, look for companies that are paying uh, less than 60% of their profit towards dividends. You'll find that in the payout ratio. You can Google that. Um, make sure that the, uh, the PE isn't creeping up too high. And check it over its uh, historical PE where it trades. That's certainly a good way to know that a, a company is either uh, fairly valued or is a bit overvalued at the moment. Like uh, Apple, I, I just did this uh, with a buddy. Uh, they are trading at about 28 times uh, PE. And historically, they're more like 21% or 21 times the PE value. So they're a bit rich. Um They've traded as high as 41 times on the on a PE multiple. So, and but they've also traded as low as 12 times a PE multiple. So try to see where they are historically. See if they're overvalued for you, and uh, know that there is some risk with with trading high PE names. The lower the PE, generally, um, when you look at a company that's about 15 to 18, that's generally where most uh, S and P 500 stocks trade. Anything above it, you you tend to, tend to have like technology companies that trade a little bit more rich, banks are a little bit cheaper, and uh, 
real estate trusts don't really necessarily play by a PE. They go by uh, free cash flow from operations. So you got to look at these companies individually and see where they're at, see what works best for you and uh, match, match your uh, risk with the reward that you're looking for in your portfolio. Uh, like I said, I, I sold off uh, a good amount of dividend stocks as they cut their dividend last year. I traded out of Boeing um, for quite a few reasons. When I got back to even on it, I sold that position. Uh, they had cut the dividend. They had pretty poor management decisions. They had all the problems with the engines and the planes getting recertified to fly. And I more or less had enough of it. So that, that caused me to sell my Boeing position because some of the, the lapses of judgment and the oversight, but also that they, they cut the dividend and I did not want to be in that stock and struggle through it until they got their, their act together. So I sold out of Boeing. I put some of that money into Lockheed and Raytheon, which, uh, offer more of that aerospace play, but also defense. And hopefully uh, they, they do a little bit better than Boeing uh, did for me. And, you know, it had been a, a position that I really wanted to, to hope for, but, you know, it, it gets to the point where you don't want to have too many emotional ties to it. You want to know that if, if these events happen, you're going to do X. So I saw several problems and, and the last one that, that broke the camel's back, so to speak, was the dividend cut and, and then we had more problems in, in the air for boeing planes and i i really just had enough of it so i i sold that one when i got back to even after the uh pandemic and it can it kind of came back up i was buying it low under 100 uh to average down my position and then i think when it got to about 210 i sold it um at pretty much a wash it was it was an even I didn't really gain or lose on it. So I added to it knowing that it was a, a, a comeback play and that it had sold off too heavily. And then when I got back to even overall, I, I traded it, I sold it. Um, so look for those signs, make sure your, your risk matches your reward. Um, but that's about all I got for you guys today. Um, make sure to click the, the links in the description for um, E-Trade, Binance, Crypto.com. And uh, if you're going to start a, a position or start a, a fund or a portfolio, make sure to click on those. Help me out that way. Uh, if you want to donate to the podcast, um, I would definitely appreciate it uh, for the uh, contributions. And you can donate for as little as 99 cents. And uh, if you guys got any other questions, feel free to reach out, ask me. And like I said, I want to build this community to a bunch of different investors from a bunch of different backgrounds that can help each other in areas we might not be so strong in. So please uh, continue to post up and share uh, articles or things that you find that you either like or you have questions on. And let's, uh, let's get out there and make it happen together. Uh, thanks, guys. Take care. Have a good one. As always, thanks for stopping by. Please make sure to like, subscribe by turning on the notification bell and sharing this podcast to help our community grow. Check the links in the description for offers on E-Trade, Binance, and Crypto.com to get your investing journey started. You can also help support the podcast on our Anchor.fm webpage. Until next time, let's get invested and let it grow.